Hello and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Let's talk about how the New York Giants decided that they were going to get a bunch of opportunities to win a football game and still somehow lose that football game. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Alex. Alex, it's Rams 26, Giants 25, and all know this team was eliminated from the playoffs last week. They still have a couple more weeks to compete and at least maybe show whatever is left of this team. They definitely showed something today on the field. The, the, the word of what they did show, I'm not quite sure that I can come up with one. Uh, but what I can tell you is fact, and that is that the Giants moved to 5-11 and 11 with this loss. Uh, another fact I can tell you is that somehow, um, you know, our beloved number 21, Mason Crosby, who we just signed a couple of weeks ago because of three kicker injuries that we've had, uh, missed an extra point. That, again, since the game was a 26-25 loss, could have been a tie if he made that. Also missed the game-winning field goal. Uh, another fact I can tell you is that Tyrod Taylor today threw at least 10 balls behind wide receivers or anyone who is trying to catch the ball, which continued to prove on why he is still a backup quarterback, whether he is better than Tommy DeVito or not, still a backup quarterback in the NFL. And another fact I can tell you, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Darren Waller all had drops in this game. Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller had more than the one that Sterling Shepard had because once Shepard came in for the one play he had this entire game, he dropped the ball, he was never put in again, which was definitely appreciated by me because he should just retire at this point and become the Giants wide receiver coach or a wide receiver assistant coach next year. But that's besides the point. Darren Waller, who is one of the highest paid tight ends in the NFL, just continues to seem to not be able to catch a ball like a tight end is supposed to do. And then Saquon Barkley, the quote-unquote what he's going for the contract of, the versatile quarterback who can or running back that can also be used in the passing game. If you want to be used as that versatile title you put yourself to, then maybe also couch the ball when you're using that versatility in the wide receiver role. But that doesn't happen. One thing leads to another. The Giants lose this game. We're going to get into all of it. And don't worry, that probably won't be my only rant of the episode. I'm sorry. Happy New Year, by the way. Welcome to 2024. Uh, we are recording this like right after the game, though, so it is still New Year's Eve for us. And um, like I was telling Alex before we recorded, although everyone's going to be partying up tonight and celebrating for New Year's Eve, I will be crying when the ball drops because of how bad the Giants' loss was today. It was absolutely astronomically terrible. I don't really know, again, how to summarize this loss in a word. I don't know the word to use that summarize the Giants on the field today. Maybe Alex does, and we're going to bring him in right now. Alex, how are you doing? I'm I'm, I'm still in a state of shock, Josh. I don't really know what to say. The Giants just stink, uh, I think is the best way to say it, and they are terrible, and it's frustrating. You know what? I'm Back up a minute. I don't think they're terrible. I think they make some boneheaded decisions and they just do things that terrible th teams do and they end up with terrible results. I think that's it because there's a lot of good moments in this game, right? The deep bomb to Darius Slayton, Tyrod Taylor, uh, you know, evacuating the pocket and really, you know, finding players downfield or, um, you know, making some difficult throws, some difficult catches were made by certain players. Um, you know, Jalen Hyde had that deep ball. There was some decent protection in the passing game as well all things considered by the offensive line at times. And the defense stepped up in some key moments as well. So there was a lot of positives in this game, but it's just like these few 
very, very bad choices by whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, or whether it's any other player on the field, just leaves such a sour taste in your mouth that it feels like this team is even worse than it actually is. And, you know, this team competed with the Rams. The Rams did not have a good day at all. Um, They, you know, had two extra point misses themselves. They turned the ball over at least three times, I believe three times, two interceptions and one fumble. Um, you know, they Matthew Stafford was off. Matthew Stafford did not have a good game. Puka Nakua, uh, besides the time that Adore Jackson decided to make a business decision and not tackle him, um, had a pretty good or didn't have a very good game today. Cooper Cup was relatively quiet. <laughs> um, you know, they're usually reliable. Um, tight end and Tyler Higby had a couple of drops. So <laughs> overall, their offense, I mean, Kyron Williams, besides the two touchdowns, really couldn't get much going on the ground either. So um, besides the two touchdowns, which, of course, sounds silly, but besides the two touchdowns, um, they, you know, they weren't playing at their best. And um, their defense, you know, it's playing above the quality of player that they have there. And that unit, um, eh, you know, is definitely, you know, performing above expectations. But um yeah, it, it's, a, it's a rough one, uh, especially when the Giants had so many opportunities to really either get back in the game, take the lead, whatever it may be, uh, and they just couldn't do it. Um, it just felt like every time they got close, it was like, okay, Mason Crosby missed the extra point, they mess up the two-point conversion, or you know, someone has a really bad drop on a drive that it looks like um, you know they're going to get something going, and or Tyrod Taylor fumbles the snap on a fourth down, or literally, like, I just named five things, five examples from one game. There's probably more, too, that I'm almost forgetting because you can't even remember all of these um, at once if you're, you know, just watching the game and just thinking about it. But all those mistakes I just listed in one game, you would hope that those things wouldn't, you, all those things would be over the course of a whole season, not one game. Uh, and I think that's really the story of it for the Giants. And, you know, obviously, I guess it's better, you know, for the tanking people, uh, for the Giants to lose in the long-term interests of this team. I'm not sure if I agree with that, you know. But, it, I mean, I guess it is what it is at this point. They lost this one. The Eagles are going to need to win the next one uh, against the Giants in Week 18 if they want to win the division since they lost to the Cardinals today. So um, it's going to be a tough ride for the Giants if they want to get a win next week, and they had a really, really good opportunity to get one this week. And, um, obviously, a whole bunch of just really bad missed opportunities and, and bad decision-making when proper decision-making was needed. It was during important moments where key decisions uh, were left, you know, very questionable. I'll just say that. Yeah, Alex. Um, <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? I, this guy is I feel devastated like, right now. I feel like the only way to describe this is that the Giants in their locker room pregame all decided to unanimously tank. That's the only But they didn't, Josh. They didn't. There's thinking, no way. But they did. But they did. And the Rams in their pregame locker room decided the same thing. And I think it was the battle of who could actually make the most amount of mistakes possible. And it was still the Rams that made more. But the Giants couldn't capitalize on those mistakes. And I say that because the two bad throws by Matthew Stafford that lead to two good interceptions, by the way, right place, right time, Dade Belton stepping in for the injured Jason Pinnock, and we'll cover him. I don't even know like what order we, we even want to go for there, this episode. Honestly, at this point in the season, there's nothing to say 
except for these key <laughs> like key moments and it's just like so frustrating like yeah we can go player by player position by position and just like talk about who did good and who did bad but really none of that mattered today because it was just a set of five or six plays five or six decisions that changed it from being you know a 31-19 win for the Giants to a 26-25 um, you know, win for the Rams. And that's really the key thing that mattered. Yes, could certain players have done well, uh, better? Could Kayvon Thibodeau have suddenly started to appear again since he has now disappeared for three straight games? Yeah, uh, Fun preview there. Um, but, like, you know, there's a lot of things you can talk about specifically, but it's just as in these key moments, the Giants aren't able to execute. And the reason they did so well last season is because in those key moments, they executed perfectly at every single turn. Two-point conversions, big fourth downs, whatever it may be, the Giants executed perfectly. And this year, they just have not been able to, and they're probably executing those big moments at the lowest rate in the league. Obviously, this is all uh, you know, by a given perspective because who considers what a big moment or whatever, but at least for me, it feels like the Giants just make wrong decisions at every turn, and that's really disappointing with you know the experience that this team has, especially at certain spots, and then also... Uh, the coaching staff that we have. So really, really tough. Alex, so what we'll do is we'll stay to our normal protocols here and we'll do offense, defense, and kind of when the plays present themselves, we'll talk about them. And that's what we're going to talk about right now with Tyrod Taylor, 27 for 41, 319 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And that interception comes right after uh, Jordan Fuller, I believe it was, got a penalty comes right back, gets an interception on a poorly thrown ball by Tyrod Taylor, an underthrown ball at that. When he, So here's the thing. They have the safety drop back to the right side of the field, I believe, where Darius Slayton was on the left side. It was Jalen Hyatt one-on-one where the safety was not presented, and he would have had a one-on-one opportunity on a streak route from Jalen Hyatt. I think, obviously, this is called scouting, and that's what the Rams did, and they did it successfully, knowing where Tyrod Taylor likes to throw to, and it's towards more of the right side of the field than the left. So they know that his first look is to the right side. They got that. And um, Fuller was able to disguise himself uh, outside of where the tunnel vision or the line of vision that uh, Tyrod Taylor had in order to make that interception. But that's not even what I'm talking about because that was just a good interception, in my opinion, by Fuller. It sucks to make that mistake by Taylor. He should have looked across the field, but that's something I can let slip. But what I want to mention, and it's not even one, well, that is one play in particular, but repeatedly in this game, Tyrod Taylor, and we've seen this in glimpses throughout other games, but it was so relevant today, was the amount of times Tyrod Taylor underthrew the pass catcher. It was a tremendous amount of times that was so unnecessarily bad that I'm losing my voice just talking about it. And it's incredibly... Yeah, in particular, Josh, you mentioned like those two plays, like the, uh, the Hyatt fourth down that was a little behind him. And then obviously you have the uh, the two-point conversion towards the end of the that game. That was the play I was referencing. I mean, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the Hyatt one was also really critical, right? If Hyatt has that in front of him, I mean, again, Jalen Hyatt needs to be running that route past the sticks on a fourth and one. Like, seriously, buddy, like, come on, um, which Dable was saying to him. That's after. another thing, too. I mean, in this game, we had two plays that were fourth down. We're going backwards, guys. We were supposed to go forwards down the field. And I catch that ball, and he's running backwards, the opposite way. What are we doing to put ourselves in that situation where Hyde is running the opposite way, where we only need a single yard for a first down, one, one yard, and he's running parallel 
towards the backfield. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's rough, and you know they they can't be doing that. And Tyrod Taylor had a couple of passes. I remember there was one to Hodgins, there was one to Waller again. So yeah, you're probably right. There was at least probably five, six, maybe seven of those that were at least blatantly yeah. obvious um, to us. So probably about ten total would be my guess. So yeah, it was it was rough from that standpoint. But then this is the thing: the Tyrod Taylor roller coaster. It's crazy, Josh. You you the have Russian? that end of the spectrum, and then he has. The pa- this amazing, uh, two amazing passes that I can think of, right? He has that oh, one that throw off his back foot, maybe 25 yards down the field to Jalen Hyatt when he's under a ton of pressure, who toe taps it, gets the first down. Um, I believe that was like on a first and long after a penalty. Um, so really, really excellent throw there. And then he has the basically the bit longest throw of the season in terms of uh, air yards, 55 yards back in the back air. Weeks. Back-to-back weeks, and this is the most all-season, to Darius Slayton for an 80-yard touchdown. The ball could not have been more on the money. 80 yards, yeah. or 55 yards downfield, could not have been more on the money. And so you have that excellent. And then he evades the pockets at times, and you know on that final drive leading up to the missed field goal, he has that huge scramble where he is able to really make a huge play and get the Giants from in their own, in their own territory to solidly in field goal range um, before some obviously boneheaded decisions with the Saquon Barkley run, which Brian Dable has said he wants to have back. Um, you know, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, so Tyrod Taylor, the experience, it's like a, it, it's crazy. It's like from the most amazing things you see and then to just such simple things that even Tommy DeVito is able to do. So it's really, it's really troublesome from that standpoint. Alex, it, it is. And I, I, I was even going to talk about the rushing, too, because obviously he had that play at the end of the game to get the Giants 50 yards down the field and make that field goal at least attemptable. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't even know if that's a word, but, you know, a possibility for the Giants to attempt that field goal, having six carries for 40 yards on the day. And I was saying back-to-back because that connection to Darius Slayton back-to-back weeks now with those two touchdowns have been the two longest plays for the New York Giants this season, the one last week being the longest play, and now this one being the longest passing play of the year. Maybe he'll even continue next week. Who knows? But for right now, yeah, there's the ups and the downs of Tyron, Tyrod Taylor, but especially in this game, it's the downs that shine way, way more than the the highs. Uh, you know, it's, it's the lows that, that are... But that's also because we lost the game. If we win the game, then the highs are going to be... Well, <laughs> yeah. Excuse my language, Alex. First time I've cursed on this episode, by the way. I made it 15 minutes. I'm pretty proud of myself. No shit. Because Tyrod Taylor is the reason we lost this game. If he completes a wide open pass to the Saquon Barkley, uh, the to Saquon Barkley, who's by the way maybe five yards in front of him, this is one of the easiest passes to do. I understand he's scrambling to the outside. I understand there's pressure, so it's a little bit more. But it's a float. It's a toss. It's something that me and you could do in the backyard if we wanted to. Running, scrambling to the outside, a nice light toss in. Uh, in motion where Saquon Barkley can catch up to the ball and get in for the nice and easy two-point conversion. And he can't even do that. And he throws behind Saquon Barkley. And yeah, Alex, yeah, sure, because we lost, they shine brighter and whatever. But if you're going to lose by one point, when you have a chance to get two of them, obviously it's going to shine way brighter. And that's exactly what happened. And because of Tyrod's mistake, and he throws somehow underthrows Saquon on such an easy throw for an NFL quarterback to make. 
If we're talking about peewee football here, we'd be having a different conversation, Alex. We are in the NFL, the National Football League. Tyrod Taylor should be making that pass. That is a simple pass to make for an NFL quarterback. Any of them in the league. I get I that. don't care if you're the lower, upper, middle tier. Oh, no. What is he going to say? I'm scared now. I think Tyrod Taylor did not have a great game. I don't think he had a terrible game either. I think you're giving him some unwarranted hate, to be completely honest, because some of these receivers need to take in these balls. I don't care that they're underthrown. You're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. That, that throw to Saquon you're saying he should be making. Which one? The the, the two-point conversion, which honestly, we just talked about for the last three minutes. Honestly, I have such high expectations for Saquon Barkley. I would expect him to make that catch. I'm not expecting him. Absolutely. I'm not expecting. Listen, Alex. I'm not. Ex- Alex, listen, Alex. Listen. 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 Next. No. No. During the break, or at some point during this episode, you need to pull up the clip of that. I. I watched. I don't the- think you remember it correctly. He got a hand. I don't on. think you remember it correctly. Alex. He was reached. I'm standing up. I don't even care. I'm standing up for anyone who's listening to this episode. I'm standing up, and you can pull it up on YouTube and watch me do it. This is Saquon Barkley, Alex. He's running. The throw is coming in. He gets this hand on it from when he turns. This hand. How is he supposed to now I'm grab not, it with the other hand? I'm not it's saying. A, you're lying to yourself if you think you can make I'm that catch. I'm not saying it's easy. It, it, I'm not saying it's easy. There's no. Alex. I don't care how high of hopes you have for Saquon Barkley. First of all, he is a but running I've back. I've seen him again, make those the catches versatile before. Thing we talked about earlier in this episode. have seen him make a catch like that before. Yes. Yeah, that catch earlier in the season when he did the bobble and catch. But that's not the thing. Don't give me that you're. I'm putting too much on Tyrod Taylor. But I'm not talking. That was his throw yes, to make. That was. So then, if anything, you're talking about Saquon. No, no, no. See, now you're flipping it because you're like, I'm putting too much hate on Tyrod. If anything, I have so much hope for Saquon Barkley. He should be making that throw. Okay, then when we talk about Saquon Barkley in a minute, then say that about Saquon Barkley. Don't take off the load from what Tyrod did wrong in this game. And then say, oh, well, it's Saquon's fault. Do you understand what I'm saying? But here's what else I would say is I think a lot of those passes that were underthrown, I'm not talking about that specific one also. Like, yes, I think that Saquon could have caught that. I do think it's possible for him to have caught that. Is it his fault? No. Is it Tyrod's fault? Probably. But I don't think, like, for example, the Jalen Hyatt fourth and one, that ball's thrown behind him. That isn't necessarily his fault because Jalen Hyatt was not running that route properly, clearly, based on Dable yelling at him and not Tyrod Taylor. And there was other ones, right? Darren Waller dropping some of these balls. Like, there was a lot of things that... Sterling Shepard dropping the one in his hands. Exactly. There was a lot of throws that were on the money from Tyrod Taylor that were dropped. So, that doesn't excuse his bad throws. But he's being... All right, what I'm saying is you're giving him unfair hate. He was not great. That's the thing. But you're I not giving I enough hate on the receivers. I'm not saying you should hate anyone. I don't anyone. agree with you. I don't agree with you because I'm I'm not. I think Tyrod Taylor had a really good game. You you're not listening to me. The one play that I'm clowning him on, and I'm where we have this whole last ten minutes. I swear you just said he had a bad it. game like five minutes ago. <laughs> if I said he had a had a bad game, then I was speaking wrongfully of what my actual thoughts were. Okay. Okay. I thought he had a really good game. <laughs> not a really good game. Not a really good game. He what had a good happening? game. What is happening? He had right a good now? game. He had a good game. Okay. However, what I was saying, and I remember saying this, the lows shine brighter than the highs. 
And that one play, the two-point conversion that could have changed this game, flipped it on its head, and gave the Giants the lead that he could not throw correctly, successfully, to Saquon Barkley, looms brighter than anything he did in that game. Anything. The Darius Slayton play. The run to set the Giants in field goal position. All of it. It doesn't matter. Because... That is wonderful that he has another amazing throw to Darius Slayton for a touchdown. Well, if we get that two-point conversion, that'd be great too because we have the lead. And when Darius Slayton scores that touchdown, we do not have the lead. That would be great if Tyrod Taylor can go and get in field goal position for the New York Giants. But guess what? If we had that two-point conversion, we wouldn't need to get the field goal, would we? No. So that is what I'm talking about, Alex. It's that one play. Not saying Tyrod Taylor had a bad game. And if I did say that earlier, I apologize. I didn't mean to say that. I said what my thoughts were wrongfully. And let's just move on to Saquon Barkley. I'm not even going to have you respond. Saquon in this game, 12 carries for 39 yards. We talked about what he did in the passing game as well. Three catches for 19. Just, there were glimpses. Like, there were some quick bursts that he had. I remember watching the Fox broadcast, and they were talking about how he hit the joystick, Kevin Kugler and uh, Mark Sanchez, on one of those plays. He hit, like, every button on the controller, uh, doing, like, a stutter step to a juke move, to a spin move, almost did a hurdle at the end of the play. And that was glimpses of 2018 Saquon. I think I was talking to my dad, and I was like, what does Saquon think we're back, you know, went back in the time machine? Because I was seeing glimpses of that rookie season that he had. Um, so there were some quick bursts in there. There are some 10-yard games. Again, nothing really insane. Uh, which has been most of Saquon's year this year. Nothing really insane. Um, And then in the passing game, we've already touched on it. We don't need to do it again. He's got to come down with these catches. These are easy throws. Not the two-point conversion, but there are a couple ones that were in his hands and just stupid drops, idiotic drops at that. And, I mean, I'm sure he knows what he did wrong, and um, hopefully he'll correct it. But someone who doesn't have to correct what they're doing is Darius Slayton who once again led the Giants today with four catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. And I don't know how many episodes in a row we need to keep talking about Darius Slayton, but we will do it. The more he performs, the more we're going to do it. We talked about it in the recap episode last week. We talked about it in the preview episode for this week's game. By the way, um, Darius Slayton was my player to watch. Uh, and we talk about him right now because he deserves the recognition for leading the Giants team through how many did we calculate last week, Alex? Let's see. Did the goldfish memory come through? I think it was four through? out how of the five. did he have? Oh, I, I, was, I thought you were going to ask how many seasons he's led Giants receiving, which I believe is all of them since he's gotten into the NFL. Oh, well, that too, yes. But um, how many quarterbacks had thrown to him? I think we said like seven. It was six. But that's all right, though. That's all right, though. Um. <laughs> But yeah, for the amount of adversity he's had to face from fans, from the team, from the coaching changes, all of it, uh, you know, all of the above. Um, Always the, been a um, defender of Darius Slayton, by the way. There's not been a day that I've not defended Darius are, Slayton. And I, I fully will, you know, attest to that as, you know, one of your... It's one, it's one of my few, one of my one, few victories. One, <laughs> it, it is one of your few victories, I was going to say. I was like, I will attest to that as Alex, one of one of his few victories. No, just, and, uh, and on Wanda the offensive Robinson, side, on oh. the, sorry, I was going to say on the offensive side of the ball, at least for the defensive side uh, of the Rams offense for us, our interior offensive line was really struggling against my player to watch, Kobe Turner. He had, a, uh, I believe, a sack and a half, a couple of TFLs. Uh, he was a yeah. monster in the interior. Of course, that he has more monster. to do with 
Ben Bredesen and Justin Pugh and JMS being terrible uh, rather than him being good or, or super good, but he still had a good performance. So player to watch there. And then I had Tyrod. You had, who'd you have? You had Kyron Williams, I think. So all our players to watches were pretty much on point. So shout out to us for that. Wando Robinson, six catches for 55 yards. I really have nothing to say about him. I thought he, what he did was pretty quality today on the field. Uh, five catch for 50, 51 yards, excuse me, was Darren Waller. Again, don't really need to touch on him more than he's getting paid so much money. He needs to catch football. It's the reason that we traded for him was because we believed in him after the injuries or before the injuries in those 2019-2020 seasons that he was one of the best tight ends in the NFL. That's the reason why we got him to be that for our team. And he just has not shown up on the field literally because of injuries, more injuries that he had this year. And also for another reason of even when he is on the field, he is not being the playmaker we want him to be. The quarterback could be a reason for that, but he's getting thrown the football. So if he just catches it, then it'll be a little bit more successful. Okay. Daniel Bellinger, four catches for 39 yards. Again, nothing really bad to say about him for a backup tight end. He was doing pretty well today for himself. Jalen Hyatt, three catches for 25 yards, almost had two deep throw catches. Um, one of them was in between his legs, and then it, it fell to the, the ground. And then wasn't there another successful one, but it was called back for a flag? hold, I believe, yeah. And that was another Which thing. Which was a very we'll soft hold. The refs were calling these holding penalties so tightly against the Giants. But then the Rams were holding as well. I kept like kind of watching because as they kept calling them, I was like, okay, let me keep an eye on this. The Rams were holding as well, especially against Thibodeau, especially against Ojulari on the outside there. Not getting called nearly as much as it was against the Giants. JMS had a couple of really soft ones called against him. He had one valid one called against him, though. There was one where he was literally like grabbing the guy. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Um, you know, the other guards had a couple of them too. And yeah, it was just really, really tight. Uh, I've never seen a game called so tightly on the offensive line, defensive line battles in terms of holding. Uh, it was really odd, but um, I mean, I don't know. It was it was just frustrating, obviously, from our perspective. Oh my god, what? And um, <laughs> no, it's like yeah, the the whole thing calls really annoyed the crap out of me too. There was a lot of calls against our O line, and I'm I'm sure most of them were valid, but just annoying. All right, Alex, you think it's time? I need a break. Can I take a nap? He needs real a break. Quick, I or? need a break. No, so. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back here on this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Stay with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back in to talk about the Giants' defense in this 26-25 loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Bobby O'Karake, we'll start out with him because he was a playmaker today. Led the team in tackles, had a sack and a half, had a tackle for loss. Bobby O'Karake all across the field. Finally, a player that at least that we signed this offseason, has reached his potential and maybe even surpassed that. We signed a linebacker thinking that they're going to be a solid linebacker, you know, linebacker, middle linebacker one, and that he that that is what he's doing. So um, I'm very happy about what Bobby Okereke has turned into so far with this Giants team. I hope he just continues to kind of go on that upward scale. And 
um, again, yeah, another quality day for the linebacker that I, I think um, he does get the recognition he deserves. I think a lot of people do talk about him, and it's rightly so, because he is the one guy on this Giants team that I think has stayed the most consistent. And again, a free agent that we signed that has reached up to uh, the potential we had for him. Next up on the list here, Adoree Jackson, seven tackles on the game, had a pass deflection today. Very um, forced the fumble as well, but forced the fumble. That's what I was going to get to. Forced the fumble. Had had a couple of good things happen today, but the main one was forcing the fumble, which I was picked up by a player. We'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, however, didn't know how to tackle uh, for a long Puka Nakua play, and a couple other times just got caught up in coverage. I think was not fully as tight as he should have been on the wide receiver he was covering. We know how good this receiving core is for the Rams. I understand that. But Dory Jackson being our number one cornerback, he has to retaliate just as much as these Rams wide receivers are, right? If they're playing to their top, you know, the top notch of their game, that's exactly what a Dory Jackson should be doing on defense. And it's something that um, we saw him struggle with today. I think he, he wasn't as tight in coverage as I wanted him to be. And uh, I don't think I'm speaking to uh strictly or or maybe that's not the right no word Deontay with, Banks um, also today so that was also another answer. factor like he needs to step up tough. and it just I know Bobby Skinner tweeted this but he was like I think Adore Jackson's out there making business decisions and I was like well you know what he might be <laughs> uh, obviously an unrestricted or there's no restricted free agents in football um <laughs> uh a free agent I should say uh, Alex is thinking too much in the NBA. Yeah, world right obviously now. big Knicks trade for for those of you who are talking about. I believe Ananobi is not a restricted, but Emmanuel quickly was restricted. That's why I thought of the restricted free agent for anyone who's wondering how could you have made that mistake. There you go. There's the context. It's almost like you're a Knicks fan. I'm, I'm not a Knicks fan. I just like to do some research so I can make fun of Knicks fans. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. What was I gonna say? Yeah, I, he's obviously a free Jackson. agent. He's a free agent upcoming. Wants to stay healthy, whatever it may be. I don't know. Um, frustrated with how bad he's been this season, or at least underperforming, I should say. Um, yeah, I'll let. Well, obviously the main man to talk about we'll save for a second, but I want to talk about um, the defensive line and particularly Kayvon Thibodeau. It's been really disappointing. I mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's just kind of disappeared these past few games. Uh, the only time he really made a big impact was on that Jihad Ward sack. Shout out to Jihad Ward, uh, career high in sacks this year with four sacks, which. Is pretty good for a guy who's more of a a run game edge uh, player, I guess, is the best way to describe him. So shout out to uh, him and for his great season. And um, you know, he he was basically responsible for that getting uh, such a quick start and really forcing Stafford to step up right into Jahad Ward. So uh, that was pretty much almost a sack for him. But besides that, he was really really quiet. And he's you know another thing that people aren't talking about. I think his sack production obviously has gone down in recent weeks. Um, and his pressure, you know, pressuring the quarterback, but also he's not been as good in the run game, uh, which is something that was very noticeable today on a couple of plays where Kyron Williams, uh, Kyron Williams ripped a few, uh, you know, some big gains, and uh, he's just not setting the edge as well as he was in the beginning of the season. That was something that was really noticeable, uh, how much better he was at that this season compared to last, and that's been disappointing for me as well. So, um, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau, I'm not worried um, right now um, for him, but I am hoping... Uh, in this final game against the Eagles, that he can at least kind of step up, make some sort of impact here, and and leave the season on a high note, if that makes sense. All right, and we'll talk about him right now, the guy who you were referencing, Dane Bellin. So Jason Pinnock goes out early with an injury. 
Dane Bowen has to step up in it a big way, right? A guy has been game ready, though, since the beginning of the year, his second year now out of college and in the NFL, and has not been a bad player, I would say, to any standards. And today he just showed how actually good he was. Now, were the interceptions top quality, unbelievable <laughs> plays? No. But was Dane Bellin doing his job as a safety, getting to the right place at the right time to get those interceptions? That's exactly what he did. He capitalized on Matthew Stafford's errors and overthrows, and he ends up with two picks and a fumble recovery. Again, right place, right time. Same thing with that fumble recovery. Following the play, following the ball, and happens to be there when Adoree Jackson pops that ball out. Uh, Puka Nakua's hands, I believe. Yeah. Not mistaken. And so... Dane Bellin, nothing I have to give but credit. Demarcus, exactly Demarcus Robinson's hands, sorry, for anyone who cares. I just realized Was that. it? Oh, I'm wow. pretty sure, Look yeah. at you. Okay. Um, regardless of who it was, doesn't it doesn't really matter, matter because <laughs> we're talking about Dane Bellin. And, yeah, um, yeah all I have for is, is credit for him. I think he did a really good job out there today. And, again, it's just another week where, Alex, we've talked about it throughout the season, not so much as of late, but it's just unfortunate for the defense and the defensive players that stand out. It's normally been Kayvon Thibodeau throughout the season, but today it was especially Dane Bellin. And for them to still lose after having a career day like that, it's just disappointing. And it really sucks because he set this team up multiple times in good positions, only for them to either turn the ball over and have a three and out, and or not turn the ball over, but punt, have a three and out, or get a, uh, get a field goal and not even get in the end zone for six. So um, another game, another guy that it's disappointing that we weren't able to get the win um, with do you have anything to say on that before we move on? Yeah, I mean Dane Belton. I thought he was you know pretty good today. It just it was more the ball just came to him. If that makes sense, I'm not um, I'm not sure if there was anything like super special in terms of his play. There was just a couple of chance or a couple of moments where he was just in the right place at the right time, and um, you know that's no discredit to him. That's also very important. So I'm happy for him that he got a a kind of a big game here at the end of the year. I remember uh, last season he also kind of started to come on towards the end of the season. So. Hopefully he keeps up this momentum and uh, has a has a good final game. And I think, um, you know, kind of transitioning here also, it's really important that these guys have, a, you know, all these guys who are kind of on the younger end who, you know, have had disappointing seasons at some point but have kind of picked it up and in recent weeks, really just to finish the season strong and in terms of their play. And, uh, you know, guys like Jalen Hyatt, guys like, um, like we mentioned, Dame Belton, guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, um, I'm trying to think of more example. Guys like Deontay Banks, hopefully he's back next week. Just putting in a good showing against the Eagles, win or lose, just end the year on a high note, a high level of play. Uh, you want to go down fighting even even in a losing season like this one. I think that's really important. And if we can screw the Eagles up by any means, Facts. why not go for it, right? I yeah. mean, look at what happened today. The Cardinals, what a, what a fun win for them, getting that even on the final attempt the Hail Mary and the Cardinal player able to come out come down with it in the end zone for the pick and the interception and you know crushing the Eagles fans hope a little bit and god those fans are terrible I mean they're booing the Eagles this team has won 11 games this year it's unbelievable how greedy these Eagles fans are so you know what why if the not Giants win 11 hopes? games we'd be having a parade for them right now Alex like why not play spoiler next week why not why I agree not? let's go They'll make the playoffs regardless, but who cares? If we can spoil the Eagles in the playoffs in any way possible, why not take the chance and do it, right? Absolutely. And that's what we tried to do today against the Rams, too. Not like we're like arch enemies against the Rams, but let's spoil their playoff hopes a little bit. Let's make it tougher for them to get in. And we don't do that. We have the chance to. We don't do that. All right, Alex, Um, the final thing we have here is 
something that we've really added this year because we've only had to talk about our offense and then our defense in the past couple seasons. But now we have added the third category of special teams because it's been so terrible. But Jamie Gillen had good puns today. And Gunnar Olszewski. What a guy. By the way, right, right before this, the last pun, I believe, had a terrible misread. Had the ball sail over his head, then grabbed it within the five, and then got tackled at, like, maybe the 13. Besides that, I think that might have been the Darius Slayton touchdown drive, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not Yeah, I think sure. so, yeah. Besides that, he did have the longest return of 94 yards, breaking Amani Toomer's record. Pretty freaking good, Gunner. Good for you, man. Let's just say I never... That was really exciting. That was honestly hilarious when he was running down the field. I was like, is he going to keep going? Like, what is going on right now? Like, what has this game turned into right now? Where we're seeing a Gunnar Olszewski 94-yard kick return setting Giants records. I don't think I would have predicted that. It was definitely not on my New Year's Eve bingo card. And I just did not realize he had that in him. I thought he was a guy who can maybe get you 5 to 10 yards on the return. He can catch the ball, which is something that he, you know, we didn't have before. Um, and I'm happy for him. He got the touchdown. Obviously, we don't talk about what happened after the touchdown. Um, but it was... Oh, we talked about that enough. Oh, yeah. We don't need to talk more about it. But I I was shook. I'm still shocked about it right now. You can hear me. I don't even know what to say. It's just, it was absolutely shocking. And um, the Thomas McGahee special teams unit did something. And uh, that might be enough to keep his job. Who knows? Please, God, no. Because uh, you might not have anything to say about that. But I hope you have something to say about this. Because Mason Crosby today missed an extra point. Then misses the game-winning field goal. Um, I Get really have no sign other destroying. Sign destroying. He cannot be worse. Um, that's a YouTuber who like thing... does kicks. By the way, for anyone who's not, yeah, familiar. I was gonna clarify, but I was like, I don't know. It's whatever. Um, the only really excuse I have for Mason Crosby is he's only been on the Packers before. He hasn't played in the league in a few years. Um, he was on the Rams earlier this season. Didn't have to kick for them. I believe on the Rams. On yeah, the, he it was, was a on revenge game, team. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a revenge <laughs> game. He revenge was on the Rams. He didn't have to kick for them, though. Um, That's my only excuse. I mean, you're still a kicker in the NFL. You have to be ready to kick those, whether you want to or not. And he just wasn't able to nail it, and the Giants lose because of him. Yeah. Alex, if you don't want to say it was because of Tyrod Taylor, can you at least say it was because of Mason Crosby? Can you say that? I don't think it was no? because of one particular person. It was a whole bunch of people. There was a lot of mistakes. I'm not going to pin it on anyone. I feel like you want a scapegoat here, Josh. There's the the whole team is the scapegoat. You can't. There's multiple I'm mistakes not, by a lot of people. I Alex, like. Alex, it's 26-25 with no time left on the clock, and one kick, miss or make, miss you go home. Well, you're already home. Miss you lose, kick, make it, and you win. Crosby missed the kick. The Giants lost. Yeah, so but, if there is one player that is the reason why the Giants lost, there doesn't have to be one player. I'm gonna kill you. Josh wants someone who can he can hang on his wall and start screaming at, and I don't think that. No, it's not even that. But it, it's just like I'm not like I don't know what is your problem with like putting a blame on a certain sure. person, Alex. Because I just don't Mason think there Crosby's was a certain miss, the Giants lost. I just think there's more to this game than blaming one person when there was multiple people. Oh my god, errors. I'm not blaming. Okay, 
but we're never going to get a solution to this. The Giants are going to play Philly next week. I believe the time is still to be determined because, you know, the Eagles are like I'm actually sh- I'm competing sure it's gonna for get something and they don't want them to. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, we don't know a time yet on that because, you know, the Eagles are actually playing for something in the playoffs and seeding, so that game might get flexed to a certain time. But it is on Sunday. That is confirmed next week. And, um, yeah, fun watch, I guess. <laughs> Giants lose this game 26-25 to the Rams. We just did a whole recap about it. That's it. We just did a whole recap of that. I don't have much else to I say. I think this might be the longest recap of the season, too. Just kind of crazy. It might be. And it deservedly so, by the way. I mean, if there was anything, it should be the game where we had 10 chances to win the game and we just didn't win it. I guess, yeah. Tyrod Tankler. Say it, Alex. That's what I'm not going to say. It's fine. I'll say it. Tyrod Tankler. Thank you. I mean, I was the one thank you for listening. I was the one who said it initially, to be fair. That was before Thank you for listening or, or watching this episode of the Giants Day Podcast. If you enjoyed it and our goofiness, uh, especially our goofiness, hit that subscribe button wherever, drop a like on the video if you're watching, and um, rate us five stars on Apple Podcast or Spotify to uh, tune into more Giant Take content. Follow our socials at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at JoshAllo29. And, um, I said thank you. Alex is going to say thank you now. You don't need to listen to us or watch us for any more. Happy New Year to everyone as well. And um, yeah, Alex, go ahead. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope everyone has a great New Year's Eve, great New Year's, and uh, hopefully the Giants will be better in 2024. And it all starts tomorrow, right? Tomorrow is a new day, new year. The Giants whatever do you even call it a rebuild at this point who even knows let's just let's just pray it gets better thank you everyone we'll see you next time happy new year